0: Welcome to JetBanger's Ball. I am your host, Jed Mayhew. It's almost June. Fuck, the weird... The fucking year is going by so fast. I, whenever I do this, I have to talk with a weird pace because of the uh, theme song, and then also I go into this like weird radio voice that I'm now hearing in my head. Oh... Uh, just want to thank everyone for coming out this weekend uh at permanent records in highland park we had the record release show it was fucking insane lots of rad kids there gave away some skateboards got loud broke the pa a bunch of times all the power kept going out uh and then we stood around for six hours in a parking lot um waiting to play in somebody's apartment that i don't know and what Jess? Jess? Jess is telling me something. What? Oh, I'm talking about zigzags. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I thought well, I thought everyone knew by now. Well, I talked about the record release last week, so I figured, you know, everyone everyone's listening since they listened last week. But what I was getting to was there's a crew of us just standing in a parking lot. A crew of uh, veteran music people, <laughs> I would say, myself included, having been to thousands of shows like that but uh at this point my knees just start hurting uh and our friend lauren how do you say her last name milkus make Mikus? Micus. she told me and she says it in the interview i think anyways our friend lauren music supervisor she was in that same parking lot this weekend standing there uh i think she left before we played actually she couldn't take it anymore but uh She's on the show today. She's uh, the music supervisor for Terrence Malick. Uh, She just did that film, Green Room, which uh, I haven't seen yet, but uh, a number of people have come up and told me that it's amazing and it's about like a straight-edge hardcore band that gets terrorized by Nazi white supremacists, I think. Same people that did that movie, Blue Ruin, which I loved. Uh, That movie was amazing, and I think it's some of the same people, but uh, producer, director, whatever. Anyways... Lauren's on the show today. Thanks everyone for coming out this weekend. It was a blast. Uh, we'll see you. The next one's going to be the In the Red Festival. If you listened to the last episode with Larry Hardy, that's in July. So go to that. But while I got you here, let's talk to Lauren about music supervision. Thanks for listening. You grew up in Houston. <laughs> yeah. That's where you're you're born. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're like you're like Jewish, right? No. No.
1: <laughs>
2: no, I'm a former Catholic. Okay. I look Jewish. Yeah. I look like a Russian Jew. You
0: look like a Russian. Yeah. Like one of those, uh, <laughs> there should be four bigger versions of you. That I can
2: <laughs> oh, the, oh, what is that called? The uh, doll. Yeah, little,
0: nesting doll.
2: Something else.
0: That's what it is. Yeah. There should be four of you that I can put in. Put <laughs> there are inside of. The other one's working <clears throat> somewhere. No. Wow. I was totally confused. I thought you yeah. were Jewish. Um, Lots
2: of people. When I lived in New York, I would, like, yeah. people thought I was a Russian Jew and they would give me free pastries and speak to me in Russian. I'm like, nah, <laughs> it's fine. That's great. Yeah. It was good times. Yeah. Um, grew up there.
0: Yeah. What did your parents do there?
2: Um, my dad was a lawyer that worked for himself. Uh-huh. And my mom didn't work for, like, 15 years, but then started working at Rice University as, like, a department coordinator. Uh-huh. So they could keep the kids in Catholic school. Right. Because I went to some Catholic school. But I also lived in the ghetto, sort of. Yeah. Sharpstown. Sharpstown was the neighborhood. Sharpstown? Real Houston, you know. That's, That's where, where Paul it... Wall and Chameleon are from.
0: Right. Yeah. And is that where DJ Screw is from? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that was my neighborhood.
0: I remember. and then I had the, the Catholic school.
2: That's where I met the people with the phones in the bathroom.
0: Were you, <laughs> yeah? <laughs> were you listening to that kind of stuff? Because I remember, like, when I went down to Austin for the first time, there was like a, like a little shack, and it had a sign that said like DJ Screw tapes and uh,
2: yeah, it was a CDs. Little, it was a little out of my realm. I it was wasn't really like young. a high school like, thing. No, I think because when I was in high school, that time had kind of already passed. Right. They're like I was a little too young to. Absorb that from my neighborhood. And
0: what exactly were sheltered. they doing, though? They were just taking stuff and, like, slowing it down? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Drinking Susserp.
0: Right, right, right. Just going. You know,
2: they were just trying to match the music to, you know, the speed the, of how they felt.
0: The speed of and, their On their the inside, yeah. yeah. And yeah. the cars, too, because right. the cars, they would call them slabs. Which meant... you know
2: more about my neighborhood than I do. Slow,
0: loud, <laughs> and banging. Awesome. So the whole thing was, like... You try to drive really, really slow.
2: That's cool. I think I saw that.
0: Yeah. Which is like what you did this morning when you drove home (laughs) drunk from Venice.
2: Not drunk. I'm a professional. I drove home. And and a
1: smart person. I drove
0: to work drunk uh, uh, when I worked at Sub Pop in Seattle. I I I woke up drunk and I had to go to work and it was 9 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Driving to work drunk. Driving drunk in the morning is really weird. Yeah. Because you're just like... Like, like I don't drive drunk anymore, like, at night. Like, I used to drive home drunk, like, mm-hmm. every time I went out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that either. That's a te- That's a Texas thing. Yeah. It's too scary in L.A.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, of course, in yeah. L.A., but when I was just younger. Everyone's driving drunk s- in Austin yeah. constantly. Well, I think everyone's driving drunk here, too, but yeah. I was just younger and dumber and, and just, that was, I drove my car. I had, like, a Camaro, so I drove mm-hmm. the car to the show because I wanted to, like, make sure that people saw the car. Yeah. And then
2: you slabbed on over there.
0: (laughs) No, I was driving fast (laughs) and it was yellow. And then, you know, I would like stumble out of the bar drunk, get into a yellow Camaro, and then drive home drunk through the rain. Which now I think is really ridiculous to think uh, of doing that because there's Uber. Right. But driving to work in the morning drunk is different because you think like,
2: it's morning. They're, yeah,
0: no one's going to pull me over. Like, no,
2: I don't look that suspicious <laughs> right now.
0: No, I'm just going to work. Yeah. And even if they did, like, they wouldn't think I was drunk right, because right. it's 9 a.m.
2: Why would I be? Yeah. It's the safest time to drive drunk is in the morning uh-huh. <laughs> on the way to
0: work. Exactly. That's the message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're not talking about you at all. That's fine. Um, so it's Houston, hilarious. you go, go to high school in Houston, and mm-hmm. um, what, what was the... We're, we're we're ramping up here. So what was the this girl that you were at the hotel with? McKenna. Yeah, this is your buddy from high school. Mm-hmm. Were you guys like music buddies or what was the deal? Yeah,
2: there? we were we were like the kids that cared about things other than high school right drama. Yeah. So I didn't meet her. She didn't transfer to my school till like junior year, mm-hmm. and I was like maybe gonna drop not drop out but like get a GED because I was over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and wanted to like move to New York when I was 14, right? Because I needed something other than DJ Screw,
0: right? Because you're a Russian Jew. Yeah, because I needed to find my my Jew. <laughs> you need to find your people.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like, how? But um, <laughs> what am I doing here? Just because of like you know, punk rock. I wanted to go there or whatever. Yeah. Just like the little bits that I had. What were knowledge you listening of. to? Like, I mean, I I don't know. I got into the Ramones somehow right I, I had an older brother but he only really likes like the red hot chili peppers and Tool and stuff like that mm-hmm. and my parents liked and I, my mom and dad like my mom liked 70s classic rock so i had that growing up she liked tom petty a lot she mm-hmm. liked genesis a lot I right. still like genesis yeah forever so she gave me some stuff and then my dad only knew about the beetles and the animals because he grew up in a really small town and was like a dairy farmer mm-hmm. um like a population of like 200 people right so he was behind the times majorly so but, he
0: only knew about animal or insect yeah yeah that's it and, and, and
2: check polka because i'm Czech, you know half Czech, and i did Czech dancing and stuff like that right. um so i like i actually like found music through movies which is kind of why i do the work that i do right maybe um but um so i would like find and i was just kind of a nerd that would like find a band and then do the research and Like, I thought allmusic.com was the most amazing thing in the universe when I found that website, because it would show you, like, this band and then the influence, and then I just, like, listened to everybody, because I just wanted to know everything.
0: You could kind of, like, triangulate stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, like... Because they, like, recommend other shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: And then they were, like, they played with these people, and then I would find, you know, like, all the bands that they played with, and... Right. Or try to find them if I could. Right. And I always liked the domino effect of things, of, like, the influence... So, continuation, wait, mean. what
0: year did you graduate high school? Um,
2: 2003.
0: Okay. So, yeah. so you were finding out about, about, you're finding out about bands mm-hmm. on the internet then. Yeah. That was the first. Yeah. Was that your first kind of like way to discover stuff on your own?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, there was like some sort of scene in Houston, kind of, but. I didn't know anybody, and I didn't really know anybody in high school that was in bands. There was it, a place called the Engine Room that I used to go to.
0: It seems like people tend to skip Houston, yeah. on tours, it, and I don't know why.
2: It's kind of sad, yeah. I mean, that I don't know. I mean, there's some. I think Houston is a cool city. Like, if there's stuff about it that, like, Austin doesn't have because it's like a real city, you know? Right. It's older. Like, Austin well, Austin is Austin like a is teenager. A, it's a college town. Yeah.
0: A big college town. Right.
2: But Houston, you know, has like.
0: The old world stuff. Right.
2: Like proper museums and ballet and opera and all that, like cosmopolitan stuff. That's cool. Yeah. And I like, it was weird to move to Austin because it's so like homogenous, you know, it's like only white people. Like I'm so used to like, Houston's more like LA where there's like so many different cultures and stuff. And
0: What I know about Houston is mostly because of like Bill Hicks and like the comedy stuff from there. Mm -hmm. And that was a big, I have a friend named T. Sean, who is a, like a comedy writer and he's from Houston Yeah. and and isn't Richard Linklater from Houston mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah. So like, and yeah, and they're like buddies and they like, they love the Houston Astros.
2: Yeah. It's good Astros <laughs> games. Yeah. I almost got hit in the head with a foul ball when I was six months old and my grandfather caught it. So I didn't wow. die. Yeah. So I'm still here today. Thanks Astros.
0: That's good. Yeah. I did catch a foul ball one time in yeah. Seattle. But cool. I was not, I was, I had snuck down to these seats. So it's like five minutes. So you with,
2: couldn't celebrate.
0: <laughs> no. So, yeah, exactly. So five minutes in of me like sneaking down into yeah. these seats, I caught a foul ball and everyone around me just like glared at me.
2: And then you ran.
0: No, I gave it to like a little kid. Cause oh, I, that's good. I, well, I felt shitty.
2: Yeah, you're like it should have been his. I'm not even
0: supposed to be here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. so you didn't move to New York then? You moved to Austin, or did you move? No, to New I York? did go to New York. You went to New York for first. College, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. You didn't go to UT. No. No. I
2: went to I went to New York. I went to Rice for one year in Houston, and I just I couldn't stay there anymore. I needed to. I was like, I just want to learn by living. Right. So I left because it's a good school, but whatever. I was I wanted to study film and. Like, play music and, you know, just really wasn't happening. I needed to, like, to make things harder for myself to get the inspiration.
0: Where did you go in New York then? Where, um, where, where did you go to school? I went to
2: Hunter College. It's a CUNY school. What does that mean? City University of New York. Ah, okay. It was the cheapest. Because after I left, Rise, my parents were like, well, you can just, you know, you need to, you can just handle college yourself pretty uh-huh. much. And I was like, well, I'm going to leave. So, okay, bye. Um, I was just so determined to be there. And it was cool. And I was in my first band there, and then, like, but I worked full time. What was the band called? We were called The Midnight Hours. Okay. We were like, (laughs) I still like it. (laughs) Kind of. We were trying to be like Flying Burrito Brothers or something like that. Okay. So it's like country rock. Yeah. Kind of like country rock. Yeah. But two of the dudes were um, in that band, Vampire Weekend. Like, they started at the same time. Oh, wow. So So things
0: could have gone much differently. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, maybe but i was in the wrong band (laughs) but um so when they kind of when i graduated in 2007 yeah and they started like taking off like our the midnight hours broke up or whatever and i was kind of burnt out at 21 (laughs) from working too much like Mm -hmm. and tired of feeling poor i mean you know just like living in new york was cool and i I, was, I really like it there. Like, I thought I would live there for much longer, but decided that I should go to Austin because I knew I was going to have to, like, work for free for a long time to break into whatever, if I wanted a career in film. So, yeah, I decided... Like, I don't what think What did you want been... to
0: do in film? Like, what was your goal?
2: I mean, I kind of... When I was much younger, I was like, oh, I want to be, like, a writer-director, and then you finally realize that, like, no, <laughs> not specifically for everyone, but I wanted to do art department stuff and... Maybe right, and you know the music supervision thing. Like I knew what the job was, but it didn't like. It's such such a. It's not like a normal path. Right. In the in the business, like to get. But how did there. you know that
0: Austin like that there were films being made there?
2: From friends that like went to UT and yeah. just from I would I would go there a lot when I was like in high school. Just go to shows or like because it was. Cooler than Houston.
0: Did you know that, mind. like Robert Rodriguez and that stuff was happening yeah, down there? And... Yeah,
2: like I knew about that. There was like a a working community there,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: I and I figured that I could definitely like have a better quality of life, or not even that, just like.
0: Well, you could drive to your parents' house. Yeah, drunk. three
2: hours away, <laughs> and then I did live with them for one month after I came back from New York, and I was like get out of here. I mean, it was kind of great, but because yeah. I didn't have a car, like, I had to set up, you know, my whole life again, like, figure out how to live in Texas after not having a car. Sure. Um, But I just kind of knew that I wouldn't have had time in New York to, like, make money to even survive and work for free. So that that's when I went to Austin, because I was like, I'll just enter and figure it out. Sure. See what, like, niche I want to be in, I guess. <clears throat> and... <clears throat> Things just kind of like went, I got really lucky when I got there because I started working. I worked on like some weird movie that never came out that some kid made with like 50 grand his dad gave him instead of going to grad school and like he never did anything with it and through that got a job working at this vintage store on South First like where they had furniture and clothes and the guy from the art department in the Tree of Life came in before he, before they were like even shooting and he like bought my favorite chair and i was like wearing a 50s dress or some shit and like i was very charming that day i guess and i just said oh that terrence smelling movie i want to work on that here's my phone number here's my email and he and he was like okay well we'll probably give you a call and i was like great and i told my friend that was just here because i was staying with her at the time it was like only a month after i had been there and i was like this happened today but you know i doubt i'll get this like i'm new and this will never happen and blah blah blah, blah. and then the set decorator just called me and, like, hired me on the phone. <laughs> she was like, just come, you know, come to Smithville next Tuesday, and we'll just see how it goes. To do what? To do art department, like, okay. intern stuff. Right. So it was fun. I mean, I thought that I was going to do that for a while, just finding all the prop, Not the props, but, like, finding all, like, the furniture and the set dressing for all the houses. You know, it was set in the 50s, so it was, like... I was already, like, a thrift store person, you know, See, so yeah, I was naturally. really hoping
0: that this story was that you, like, worked on, like, a ton of shitty films. And nope. Like worked, no. Because you are <laughs> I did, so... I
2: did that later. You
0: are so young. <laughs> I had
2: to do that later. It kind of happened in reverse.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, good. So you're being yeah. punished now. Yeah, I'm
2: being punished now. I worked for your good
0: fortune. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. So, yeah. So basically, I mean, because you are so young, it's like you are... You basically are... Become the music supervisor on a very i don't know sort of legendary filmmaker yeah and he didn't make a lot of films before but now he's kind of he's on a roll he's on a roll now mm-hmm. so we'll get into that but so this guy comes in you give him the number you're on set now right I just i guess just keep telling me what happens
2: just did that movie and then um thought it was as made,
0: art department as art on tree of life yeah so you're just like helping with like finding the curtains with the corn on, right, them and right? Right. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Got
2: it. I found some uh, uh, red and white checkered tablecloths right. for the Italian dinner scene, and that was a shining moment because <laughs> they didn't. We couldn't find enough fabric, and you know we were we we're like find, found some at Walmart or whatever. And I told my boss, I was like, "There's a Walmart in the green. she She's like, "There is," and I said, "Yes," because my grandma would go there. And so I like saved I saved the oh, scene. Because wow, I found yeah. enough yards. And then she was like, this one's smart. Right. I like her.
0: Yeah. I think she has a future. You knew where at Walmart was. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: But nobody's phone worked that way.
2: No, day. no, I guess. I, I you know.
0: So did you meet Terrence Malik on that film then?
2: I met him later because okay. I was planning and hoping to like become a PA for the set decorator. Jeanette Scott, who I just saw, did, did Selena, which is pretty cool. I didn't know that about her. She's an awesome woman. She was like...
0: The Selena this, Gomez story? No,
2: <laughs> Selena from Texas. Oh, yeah.
0: the one that got murdered. Yeah, the one that got yes, murdered, yes. which is a great film. I've I've oh. never seen it, but... You uh, should see it. My, uh, my mom's last name is Selena. Oh, that's good. But it's Italian, though.
2: Oh. But oh. with an I? Yeah. 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 She's S.
0: E. E, yeah, yeah, L E N A. Selena Latin version. She's
2: great. She's an idol for Texas women. Yeah,
0: you know? cuz, you know. Well, that's a f- She the- was one of, you know. The sad thing about not I mean there's many sad things, but for uh, for us it's like uh we didn't we only found out about her because of Because the- she died. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and but everyone in Texas knew who she was mm-hmm. before then. It sucks. i that movie out. Yeah,
2: it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. JLo likable.
0: Oh, never mind.
2: <laughs> no, that's like, that's like her first role when she was still like fresh and people liked her a lot. Uh-huh. She can sing. She did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. You should watch the Houston Astrodome real performance of Selena. Okay. First. Yeah. And then watch the movie. And she's so good.
0: No, but I mean, I do have like, that. that is cool. I mean, that's cool that she could play the Houston Astrodome and not be like a national. Right. Well, like figure. Yeah. It's crazy. You just don't see that kind of stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I saw
2: Destiny's Child at the Houston Astrodome. See that rodeo. again?
0: Yeah. Another like yeah, they were. They used... were big.
2: Yeah. Like they're really from Sugarland. They weren't. They weren't. No. I mean, I love Destiny's <laughs> Child. I'm not trying. Sugarland is just like this, like planned community of like red brick houses and phones and bathrooms and stuff uh-huh. like that.
0: And that's where Destiny's Child's yeah. from. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was so always like, they're not from the mean streets. No, streets, not no. at all. Okay.
2: I'm more from the mean streets person than, than Beyonce. <laughs> I still love you, Beyonce. I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? My story, oh, so, oh, my yeah. life story. Your life story.
0: So, so, then after the, but you didn't meet Terry. Not yet.
2: Terry, you can say it. Can I'm I say here. Terry? Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. I said it. I wouldn't yeah. say. It. I would yeah. never <laughs> say that.
0: Except, but that's what you say. Yeah. You say Terry. Terry. Okay.
2: Sometimes uh, terror bear.
0: Terror bear. Yeah. Um, but you didn't meet him on the tree of life. You met him. No,
2: I went to the, I, they stopped my, the set decorator I wanted to work for, like Texas lost its tax incentives for filmmaking mm-hmm. about like right after the movie finished. And so they, people like stopped working in Texas and started going to Louisiana. And, right. Like, so <clears throat> since I wasn't in any union or anything and I didn't really have enough experience to like go work. What year another. was this? This was like
0: 2008. Okay. So how old are you at then?
2: How I was twenty two. Wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think I went to Louisiana make a film in like two thousand ten. Yeah. Say. So That's that was like, like it when hey, it hey, kind of moved yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What movie did you make? Were you in a movie yeah. as an actor? Yeah. I used to want to be an actor.
0: I played an Alien. Really? Yeah.
2: What's it called?
0: Fifty one.
2: Can I see it? Yeah. Is it on Netflix?
0: I think so. Cool. It's like... Uh, Are it's you the like, lead? Well, I'm the main bad guy. Okay. But I'm That's wearing an cool. alien suit. <laughs> and it's like all fleshy and with like veins. It looks like a... Do you like still have the suit? Penis. No, they wouldn't let me keep it. Well, you should
2: get it back and wear it when you
1: play.
0: <laughs> well, you know, there's a the thing. So like uh, it was uh, one of those sci-fi channel movies. Sweet. Like uh, Shark... Tank or whatever? Yeah. Or Shark. Sharknado. Shark nato Shark Tank is my favorite show. Sharknado. It's a business thing, right? Right. It's yeah. not like that. Yeah. Um on this on is the anti version of Shark. Ideas Ta- I would yours. love to see you on Shark Tank. Our friends <laughs> our friend in that band Mindmeld, they they were in a band uh that went on Shark Tank looking for money for their band. Really? Yeah, and they got like offered like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and they said no.
1: Why? <laughs> I
0: don't know. Because, I don't know. just
1: They
2: didn't like the terms of the deal. I
0: guess not. They, they wanted... had to
2: produce a certain number of hits every
0: month. I'm not and sure. And they're like, you
2: can't you can't control that. The hits, you can't just control the hits. They have to come naturally.
0: I don't know what, what they were thinking. <sighs> oh, my gosh. I know, right? $250,000. Just
2: then, like, split it and everyone doesn't work for a year. Yeah, right? And you, can you have... make, like, a record a month.
0: Just take my fucking band. Yeah. You Do whatever, whatever you have want. It own it. Me, it someone
2: please tell me what to do finally you know sometimes it gets exhausting yes. being so you know always pioneering
0: i know <laughs> as so anyways so yeah so anyways i went as an alien it's it's a totally stupid i'm gonna watch that it st- is probably it's terrible. right yeah. after this uh, uh <laughs> i'm trying to think who's in it uh the quarterback from Days and confused oh uh another texas oh. guy Jason, Jason...
2: there's brothers, right? Yeah. Jason and Justin.
0: Not the one that got like
2: Pink, the one that was like I'm not gonna play football.
0: That guy. That guy. He's in it. He plays like a name. soldier. I yeah. can't remember. He's not the guy that, uh, like, got... Matthew McConaughey. No, <laughs> <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's not in the movie. <laughs> Too bad. Uh, um. So all the all the movies moved to Louisiana. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think people in LA understand that, but like, there's this thing where they like give. States give, uh, movies, uh, tax incentives to work in their state. And they're basically like, if you have a budget of a million dollars, then they'll like knock off like $300,000 or something like that. So then all these productions move. So they moved from Texas to Louisiana. So then what did, what were you going to do?
2: I was wondering. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, they were editing tree of life in Austin. So my old boss, the set decorator, Jeanette, was like, why don't you go intern in the office? Because, you know, it was just like buying groceries for 16 editors and, you know, doing, like, really mundane tasks. But in the beginning, and you know, and she was like, you'll meet the producers and, like, Terry's there and, you know, you can get to know him and then maybe, like, you might have to move to L.A. or something if you want to keep doing art department. And so I ended up, like, working there, interned for a while, and then one of the producers, this guy, Nicholas Gonda, that is still working with Terry now, um, he needed, like, an assistant finally. So they decided to, like, hire me um, after, like, eight months or so of working for free for that movie, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it was, like, two phases of it, so it was kind of, like... And I was just, like, waitressing the whole time and mm-hmm. still worked at the vintage store and, like, had a bunch of weird jobs. And right. I did some telemark not telemarketing, but I, like, sold... Sold plaques for, like, the Long Center, which is, like, this, like, fancy, you know, performance hall in Austin where I'd have to, like, you know, cold call rich rich people (laughs) that lived in, like, Westlake and try to get them to donate, like, three grand to the Long Center and so they could have, like, a gold plaque on the their chair. Yeah. But then I always made, like, friends doing that because there was other people like me that were just, like, doing this stupid job because I'm trying to do something else. And so I, like, met... This guy Eric that I was in a, another band with briefly called Dirty Dancing.
0: Uh huh. Um, and then those guys, the other two guys, were in that band they, Spoon.
2: Yeah, they were in that band Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong again. <laughs> Dirty Dancing, though. Uh-huh. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. I just played guitar. Didn't we uh-huh. you know? I didn't write anything. I was a hired gun. Not- we had like mannequins on stage. <laughs> Headless <laughs> mannequins. <laughs> it was great. I'm
0: always theatrical. Yeah. With you. Yeah. All right. I
2: mean, it was his vision, <laughs> yeah. and I was happy to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's not why I'm interviewing you. So get back to the. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the job as the assistant. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And this and Nick had done music, the music supervision for the New World. Okay. So. He kind of,
0: which is like Terrence Malick's like third film or yeah. something uh, over a span of like thirty. It was years. the fourth one, yeah. Okay, yeah,
2: because that one came out in like two thousand and six, and then they made Tree of Life, and then it came out. That didn't come out till two thousand and ten. But before that had been the Thin Red Line, which was like late nineties, right? And then like another long break. So um, he kind of like, because he knew that I was in bands and whatever, and you know interested in music, and he was kind of like, why don't you like kind of take on this? like, music research, basically. I wasn't the music supervisor for that movie. It was another woman in Austin named Rowanna Mm -hmm. who could only do, like, very part-time work. And it required, like, a lot of attention because they were trying, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I mean, mostly classical for that film, but, like, hundreds of pieces of music. So it would change constantly. And, you know, the movie was... He edited it for, like, three, two, two years, three years or something like that.
0: Which movie is Tree of Life. Tree of Life, okay, all right, right.
2: Two thousand eight till it came out, so like two years. You were
0: you got hired to do like music research for that, kind of but like like, I was, like way later after you'd worked yeah, art department on right. it, right? Okay, got probably it. like
2: nine months after. Gotcha. But I was also like a producer's assistant, like scheduling calls right. and like <clears throat> doing like stock, like just random stuff like stock footage clearances, like doing a whole bunch of like post production, you know, management of paperwork and stuff like that. Right. Um Which was also cool because. It's kind of interesting work investigating Mm -hmm. finding owner people you know finding the owners of stuff and sure kind of learned like all about copyright and stuff like that which helped in like clearing songs now you know right so i did that whole project with like his guidance and just like keeping up with all the all the songs that terry wanted to use not songs pieces because classical music right i get in trouble when i say songs right in that office. He'd be like, no, no, no. They're pieces, Lauren. I'm like, oh,
0: sorry. Terry would say this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did it's- he have a... Did, so, I mean, every director is different, obviously, but does he have, like, a specific vision on, like, the? is he very specific about the music he wants? Or, like... Or, yeah. Or is I it mean, coming to you, like... Or is it combination?
2: It's mostly... I mean, I didn't know anything about classical right. music when I was 22. Yeah, who would? Um, but I've learned since then because of, like, Having to research all this
1: stuff.
0: Sure.
2: Um, for that world, like he's super knowledgeable. He's like collected everything for years and year, years and years. And like, you know, since he was in his early 20s, you know, um, so he knows what he wants in that realm. Mm-hmm. But when we, you know, for like the songs, <laughs> then he'll come to me right. for those ideas. Right. Um, so that's where it becomes a little bit more collaborative. But, you know, a lot of it is. It's like
0: mostly him. So you did he that and one, and world. then the next one was what? Was the next one? It's
2: called To the Wonder.
0: And then you got hired to do music, yeah. and that hasn't even come out yet.
2: No, that's out. That one, oh, that one yeah. just came
0: out. Right, right, right. No, that one oh. came
2: out two years ago.
0: <laughs> oh shit!
2: <Sorry. laughs> A lot of people missed it.
0: I missed it. But it's I'm confused it's on because Netflix there's, and there's and all these ones it. that came out or that are that were being made at the same time, though. Yeah, The Knight of
2: Cups, and then the. Uh, Used to be called waitless, waitless but now it's Untitled Terrence Malick Project.
0: Oh, but it wasn't. Didn't it come out. Like, wasn't there like a trailer for it as Weightless? Or no? No trailer. No trailer for that one.
2: Mm-mm,
0: oh, yet. Night of Cups. Night of Cups came right. out in March. Yeah, I'm. See, I'm getting confused. Yeah, because there's all this stuff that's kind of like. Yeah. Coming out. There was one
2: stuff. in between Tree of Life and those two. And Voyage of Time is the documentary that's also going to come out this year. So there's right. three to come. Right. No, wait. Two to come. <laughs> I'm confused. Who yeah, I? it is. Um, but two of the wonder kind of it didn't do very well.
0: But that was the Sadly. one that you got hired. That was my first that...
2: full, like you know, I was I took the
0: music supervisor role, and on then, that so, one. So what did like did you did you think like I'm gonna put my stamp on this like? Wh-
2: I mean, that one was a little more more Terry too. But I brought, I think. Well, we put I put a St. Vincent song in there. Uh-huh. I put an OC song in there. Right. So that's like when, you know, I was like, oh, now I can, he wants some stuff, so I'm going to start like using my, my interests in this yeah. way. So and like, kind of like, or, and get my, like, get my friends money. Some, sometimes I was like, I just want to get my, you know, even like bands less, you know, that are just like from Austin that I, I would try to like get them money, you know? Yeah.
0: So you were using bands that you were like a fan of that you fan, were. Fan, yeah. Yeah. And
2: then also like, if, you know, especially if it was like, well, we we need a song but we only wanna we can't afford like to pay like I guess bands that are under sure. certain, you know, contracts or at a certain level or whatever. Or they so have then like I'd,
0: publishing deals yeah. with somebody where they're like, We'll we'll the, only the license for is, this minimum yeah, amount. Yeah. You know? yeah.
2: So then I'd get to like put in friends music and stuff like that. And right. I think that's always fun for bands, musicians, to have what they're making live in a different medium forever.
0: And so, and then, like, that Night of Cups movie, like, yeah. that, like, actually has bands in it, right? No, that's... <laughs> wow. Yeah, like, did that's... you do any research? No, I did, just but <laughs> it's super confusing. So, then the Weightless movie. Weightless, Untitled Terrence movie,
2: Future, Ma- may, not called Weightless, but we don't know what it's going to okay. be called anymore. That has tons of bands in it. Right. That's where I met, like, so many of my friends. Friends that are here right. is because of that because of that movie and that's like where I was really more um, integral. I guess,
0: yeah. So how did to the how did they process how did how did the bands get chosen for this? Because it's like aren't the, the OC, I don't know who got cut out. Yeah. But I'm, like
2: I can't. I'm not allowed. I'm not at liberty to say yet. Well, kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. Oh no, we can talk about it. We can talk about it.
0: I'm but, joking. But uh, but tell me who like but like it's like Black Lips and yeah. I mean I could have, I you don't even need to tell me cuz I've seen like weird like clips right. on like well, YouTube of like black clips and like We were fucking...
2: op- we were operating within pr- you know preselected festivals. Right. So, so it was like
0: Austin City Limits Festival yeah, or something. Yeah. We did
2: Fun 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 Fest. Okay. We filmed at we filmed two years in a row at both both festivals and we did like some south by southwest and we also filmed at Psych Fest when it was at Emo's East. Okay. But I don't think any of that's in there. Unfortunately. Right. Um, but we, like the first year they were we were doing like camera tests and trying to get like the actors into character kind of, mm-hmm. cause they're just supposed to be like, you know, rock and roll high school, like hanging out at the shows and friends with everybody in that kind of whole world. So, um, it was kind of a perfect job for me. Cause
0: mm-hmm. so like, what's I your was kind of like. What's your, In like, kind world, of day-to-day situation, it, like, work? Normally,
2: like now? Well,
0: no, on that kind of situation, because, yeah. like, you know, when I, I've done, like, a tiny bit of music supervision, but right. it's, like, you know, it's, like, hey, the, this is what we're looking for. Can you mm. please figure out, A, like, if we can afford it, B, something that sounds like it. Right and see, like, who owns the rights to it yeah. anyways, you know? So that's just email and – or, like, phone calls right, generally. Right, So, like – but on something like this, you're, like – you're having to be I was, like, more there. like, a
2: coordinator, yeah. That – it was – it was kind of insane. Like, nobody – I don't think anybody's really, like, done, like, a fusion of, like, a fiction film in a real world that it has its own, like, huge system set up already. Right. Which is why we kind of did it two years in a row. So we had, like, the smaller crew that um, – you know, went, went the first year, and then we had, like, the whole, like, real film crew and, during principal photography, we kind of knew what we were doing. So, we just, I just scheduled, like, he just wanted to, like, shoot and shoot and shoot, so I would, like, schedule bands every hour, and then he wanted to get, like, I want to hang out by the trailers, and I want to get on somebody's bus, and so I would just, like, look at the bands from the schedule that ACL had or whatever, and then, like, pick the ones that I thought should be in the movie. Right. And, um, and also like getting access at first was, we started with, I had a friend that was friends with like Arcade Fire and they were the headliners that year. So we decided, like me and the producers decided that we should like go to the bands first and like get them to say they'd be interested in doing it because in like the festival, which was, they were really excited. Like both festivals were like super excited to have us there, but they were like, well, We'll only let you do this if, like, the bands are happy about it. Because we were, like, in their space, like, on the stage and kind of disrupting their day. And especially, like, when we had Christian Bale at ACL, like, it was crazy for the bands because people were just freaking out about him. Right. Which is insane.
0: So you're trying to film a shot of him just hanging out with a band. Yeah, just
2: like, you know. And he's a
0: character in the movie. He's yeah. not Christian Bale. Right, right. But then there's a bunch of people freaking yeah. out behind him.
2: Because Batman was there. Right. And then, like, the, ne- the fr- we did, like, two days in a row or three days in a row the first year and, like, um then you know everyone came the next day like wearing batman masks and stuff like that which is cool <laughs> um, <laughs> it was bizarre yeah it's funny i haven't thought about it in a little bit but um so i was working against that and then like just we had like a we just coordinated with the bands and like would they gave us a golf cart and you know we just they would drive us around and We'd have to, like, I'd have to go there in advance and, like, meet all the stage managers and all the people so they knew what I, like, like looked like. And,
0: you know, I mean, so I feel they, like they were, like like, welcoming
2: a... to me when we were in their way, basically.
0: But I feel like it's got to be a weird, like, c- c- kind of confusing conversation to start off with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, I'm here from the Terrence Malick movie. Like, are you cool if we film it? Right. Christian Bale's going to come over <laughs> yeah. and hang out afterwards. But, like, he's not. <laughs> Him, he's, he's in the he's movie. In character.
2: He's going to talk to you in character. Yeah. I mean, it was... Like, how
0: did the bands react to that?
2: They were... Everything was, like, pretty well laid out, month like, a month in, like okay, months in, so in advance. Okay, so they
0: knew it. And so,
2: like, it. I... Everything was, like, scheduled, yeah, like, at least maybe two months in advance. So they kind of knew what to expect. And I would just, like, send them the schedule and be like, we're going to show up. We're going to catch the end of your set or whatever. And then, like, if you're cool with it, if you want to, like... He's going to just walk up to you and talk to you. Right. But, and just like pretend he's your friend. And they were just like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) But everyone was pretty excited about it. Sure. You know, some people were like, no, I'm not interested in that. They were too shy or.
0: Who wasn't interested in it? Can you say who? Um,
2: I remember the band Cold Cave. Is that a band? Yeah. I don't really know them, but. They were like asking for tons of money or something and they were like, We're not interested unless we get oh, Danzig did not want to do it. Oh shocking. Pretty sad.
0: That's shocking.
2: (laughs) But I was sad. That Danzig
0: didn't want to do it.
2: It would have been cool. But then I met because of that I met Laurel Stearns and she's rad. So you know, even the even the bands that said no to me.
0: Because she Just works with Danzig. Her. she used to. oh okay she okay. was at the time. Oh okay, gotcha. Uh,
2: but most everyone was like, yeah please thank you
0: That's not the show, but that's fun 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 fest, right yeah well, Danzig had a horrible time at that show right because
2: not could, enough French onion soup
0: he get which him, he I get love get French onion French soup, soup,
2: so I feel like I was like it was cold that day.
0: yeah yeah and then like <laughs> the the all his shit blew over or whatever right yeah. right
2: he wasn't happy. yeah would have so. been cool if we had been allowed to film a meltdown though would have been great. but that's fine. But um, yeah. Most people, most people said yes. So, because why not? Right. You know, especially with like.
0: So then, did you have to go back then and like get clearance for like the live music that's in the film? Yeah. Right. Yeah,
2: it wasn't really. I pre-negotiated some of it, or I just kind of let them know like we, we might not. A, there's a high possibility we're not going to use any of this footage, right. or you you probably won't be in the movie. Sadly, but also, but if you are, then like we had the, like a most favored nation. I did like a most favored nations thing for that movie where everyone was like getting paid the same rate per minute. So I would kind of, is that what,
0: is that what that means? Yeah. Okay.
2: Most favored nations means like you, it can help you like get lower fees on everything sometimes, but then sometimes it can fuck you if like, can I curse?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you can't curse. (laughs) I shouldn't. Yeah. You can curse.
2: I'm sorry, mom. But.
0: You drove here drunk. She's
2: (laughs) your person. You can't tell her that either. No, it's fine. But it just means that you know everyone. You know, if you if you like can convince like Bob Dylan to let you clear a song for like twenty grand instead of like a hundred thousand dollars, then you
0: know. But no one's gonna come in and be like, "Oh, I need more." I need more than Bob. And Bob, we're like, but Bob Dylan's only taking twenty, so like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, and
2: they're like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So some people knew about the licensing in advance, but yeah. I just did it after the fact because, I mean, we filmed with, I don't know, probably f- 15 or like 60 bands, you know, right. like yeah. over those two years. So,
0: and then how many made it into the actual film?
2: Well, it's, um, <laughs> maybe like,
0: Eight. yeah right
2: and then some of it's just like glimpses i mean maybe me, more than that because there's like
0: let me you ask know you some this. of the footage is
2: like a little sur- a little surreal i guess so there's like just moments where they're ryan Gosling or rooney mara or whatever like just hanging out with people that is just like a brief memory or right. something so
0: what about this so <laughs> say that you are a band i'm just at the, the, i'm curious here uh that gets filmed to be in the movie and they and they're using your song but then they don't use it then mm-hmm. do you still get paid No. Oh, okay. Interesting.
2: Like if they're li- like if they're playing Yeah. but you don't hear the song?
0: No, no, no. I mean <laughs> they film you yeah. because are they u- they're not using they they're not using pre-recorded music. They're using the live f- yeah. feed from the concert, right?
2: Right. I mean sometimes we did, like, put some pre-recorded stuff over, like, I think one part of, with the Black Lips or whatever, just for whatever reason. We sure. Just, we were, like, it went from the live version into the real version of the song. You right. know, we did, like, I did some of that. Right. Um, but, no, I mean.
0: Well, I'm saying it's, You mean, like, like,
2: they were, they were paid for their performance. Right. Like.
0: Because if you're an actor. Yeah. And you get cut out of the movie. Right. You still get paid for right. the time that you're on set.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, like. If you are a band, and mm-hmm. you, were they getting paid as a band, like as perform as actors? Only,
2: only if it was like a planned scene. Got so it. So when, because we had fun, fun, fun fest, gave us like our own stage at um, the second year,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the Black Lips weren't even playing, because were like, I want a band that's like Guns and Roses, and I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't really good exist luck. anymore. Yeah. But But was like, I just want like some wild guys, and I yeah. was like, Mom, this band might do for you. Right. And so he saw them the first year, uh-huh. and he liked them, and he was like, Okay, this is good. And so we put Rooney Mara in the band, and she hated me for that. But why? She's shy. <laughs> she's like, she was like, I don't want to, like, like, I don't want to even be on stage. And da-da-da. I was like, You know what movie you're doing though, so right. you kind of have to. Is um, Val
0: Kilmer on stage? Yeah. With him? Yeah. yeah. I saw that. It
2: was a ridiculous day. I it saw that. It was great clip. though. Yeah, yeah. I loved Doc Holiday, so I was pretty happy about meeting oh Val God. Kilmer because yeah. of Tombstone.
0: What was the movie where he's a real genius? Did you ever see that? Oh one? yeah, yeah it's a pretty good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I loved that one when I was a kid. It was great. So but, the movie wrapped, and you got it all cleared, and yeah. everything worked out. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, what was the next one?
2: That is Voyage of Time.
0: Okay, that's the mm-hmm. documentary though. Yeah. And you had a, and you did music. I'm supervision. still working on it. You're working on it yeah. now, and We're then since finished in a week or so. But since the the Terrence Malick movie, you've you've done music supervision yeah. for other.
2: I started doing other stuff
0: when you I was, moved. When did you move to LA? Two years ago. Okay.
2: I started doing other movies like while I was still working for Terry. Right. Even when I was still the producer's assistant, because I was like, I think This is like the path that I want to go on. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, you so, figured out that you liked it. Yeah. Right.
2: And so. And also I like the fact that you're like in charge of your own schedule, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and you can take on like so many different jobs and there are, you know, I get, I get bored just doing one thing. So I like how like, it's like constantly new information just to consider and like all the different projects to juggle at once is like pretty, is my style. But so I started like finding, I worked on a friend of mine's movie called Turkey Bowl that like ended up getting distributed by, like, Tribeca, Tribeca Films or whatever. I just started helping, like, my filmmaker friends mm-hmm. with their stuff. And then other, like, line producers from the Terry world were, like, starting to do other smaller budget stuff in Austin because it kind of, like, eventually like, they started making movies there again. Mm-hmm. So then I worked on stuff from, you know, like, small, like, Austin movies that are, like, half a million dollar budgets or whatever and just started doing those kinds of projects. And I did two with this guy called Bob named Bob Byington. One was called... Um, somebody up there likes me and Nick Offerman is in that movie and it's like had a pretty fun soundtrack and mm-hmm. then, um, and the, he had just did, um, with Jason Schwartzman that came out last year and started working with him and then the other Terrence Malik producers and like just word of mouth, they would pass me on sure. to people. Um, I did a movie called Hellion with Kat Candler. That was about, that's on Netflix now.
0: Yeah. I think I saw that. Yeah, thing it's already. really great. Yeah. Um,
2: it's about like, kids that are into motocross and metal.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so I we got like that.
2: some Metallica, <laughs> some Slayer, right? And like the sword, and you know, like I started working on all these m- music-centric movies, which right. is cool because then yeah. I like you actually use the songs well, you know.
0: So on a movie like that, like Hellion or something, like it, the director did they have like a pretty specific, like want. Or need for music, you know?
2: There's, like, the dream, usually... If if
0: the kids are into metal, you gotta, like, get metal.
2: Right. There's, like, usually, like, the director's, like, dream list of Mm -hmm. stuff. And then it's my job to be, like, maybe, you can't afford that, like, we need to replace this. Right. And then I'll help them find stuff that I know that I can clear for their budget and just give them, like, for every song that they want, like, ten options that either I want to be in the movie or, or, and that I know, like, that I know I i can get for them right which is cool because some i mean it's sometimes it sucks that you know to have like limited a limited budget but it doesn't really matter like every even if it's like a 50 million dollar movie i've never done one of those not yet but you're still gonna always have like budget constraints you know
0: but that's when you can get creative like on a for a band like metallica though that yeah hasn't really i mean i guess they license stuff in the recent years, but it, I feel like for a long time they they didn't have anything in movies, right. and I think the first time I saw them in anything was like an old school or something like that. Yeah, that like the first time I yeah. not, ever noticed like a Metallica license.
2: I think when you know they bought back, they own all their own masters again. Okay, and they've always had their publishing for the most part. Right, and they're pretty awesome about about it now because like Lars is like a film a film fan. Right, and so we. With them, we, like, wrote him a letter. I don't remember what happened, but just kind of, like, can you help us get right. some songs? And they did, like, a really sweet deal for us, which is cool. Because
0: I would feel like, you know, the the thing that happens is, like, for a band is uh, they'll license a song for, like, say, or like, say, um, like, Enter Sandman or something. Mm-hmm. Gets licensed for, like, $100,000 yeah. or something. Or more. Or yeah. more.
2: Probably at least that. At yeah.
0: least that. Yeah. But then that's... That basically sets the price right. on that song. Mm-hmm. So then the next person that comes along and says, like, hey, I want to get, like, a Metallica right. song. And they're like, well, we licensed Anderson Sandman for $100,000. Maybe you're not even talking to the band, but you're right. talking to, like, whoever owns the publishing or the label or yeah. the masters or whatever. And they're just like, we don't give a shit about right. what your movie is. Yeah. We just know that this the price point Here's on this song, of this song is $100,000. <clears> So and you're like, well, my budget of my movie is
2: yeah, five hundred
0: thousand dollars. Right, I can't spend. It I
2: only have 20%, twenty percent. Yeah, I only right. have ten grand for music. Like, right,
0: it's so then you got to go to the yeah. like band, yeah, or and get them somehow excited to help, if
2: they have power. Right, because some people, I mean, some people don't. Some sure, people are like, I can't, I can't. Like especially with oh, mostly well, with major band. labels, yeah, yeah, like, a major
0: label band that's been around since yeah. the early '80s, right? Maybe whatever deal they had set up earlier right. on
2: that they're still in and they can't really, they're. It's just kind of a sad thing when that happens.
0: This
1: is, you know.
2: So how do you is get, the get around part it? <laughs> of the job, um, I mean, major labels really don't like it when you go to managers or bands directly, but I'll do it. Right. Because they just make it so difficult for like small films to get what they want, you know, right. which is sometimes like fine, which, which I was saying earlier, because then I can be like, well, let's go to these reissue labels that I like working with better because they're more open and flexible with like what your budget actually is. It's more, way more a realistic approach. Sure. In my opinion like is like, well, don't you just want some money instead of no money? Like, why? I don't. I try to avoid when when I am working on a new film and we're talking about, like, building... Like, if they haven't set the music budget yet or or anything like that, I'll, like, give them estimates from just now from my experience of, like, how much things are going to cost. And, like, I usually tell them to, like, avoid major labels altogether right. if they can. Because for small films, it's, just, like, practically impossible. Or right. you can get one song and then, like, you're not going to get anything else that you want.
0: And then you have to get, like, sound-alikes yeah. or something like that. yeah. To go along with that one song to right. keep it in the keep it in the style of yeah. that song or something. So it's
2: better just kind of be. But sometimes I I'm you know personally not always disappointed when you can't a- afford something, especially if it's like a really popular song or something that's been used too many times in movies. And it's like I know like that's why I, that's not the only reason why like someone wants the director wants to put it in their movie or something. But I'm kind of like. I think it's a good opportunity when you can't get something because then we can, like, find cooler stuff. Sure. And more rare stuff. And, you know, I'd rather use, like, you know, there's, like, a, the old chess record, like, most of chess records is, like, with Universal mm-hmm. now. And so a lot of that stuff is really hard to clear, even if it's not that well-known. But then, like, a portion of the company still belongs to, um, like, Alan Chess's grandson, his mm-hmm. Jamar. He lives in New York, and, like, it's called Sunflower Entertainment now. But they have, like... Maybe like fifty, you know, fifty songs that they own, like publishing and master on, and they're so awesome to work with because it's like rare stuff, and then also they will they're like so nice about whatever level of budget that I'm working with, and then I get the opportunity to like put this lesser known song like in the film, and also like because.
0: So if, if you so you as a, like a music supervisor do you think part of it's also building a relationship with the people that run the labels or the people that are the gatekeepers to the licensing and stuff and that if you do build a relationship with them, then maybe it's just easier to like, yeah.
2: Definitely. And then also I've started to do like sometimes ad clearances and stuff like for, you know, just like one-off clearances, just like a little extra job that I do for a certain company sometimes. And because I've been bringing like – Quick, I feel like I've seen that when I bring like quick and easy money projects to like my people at major labels or publishers, like they're kind of like easier to work with since mm-hmm. then, you know. Yeah. Um. But it's hard with those companies because they change people all the time. Sure. And but there's a couple of like there's like one person at each major that I always like to go to and like we have some sort of a relationship and I should probably well the problem go is buy also them lunch but. <laughs>
0: It seems like sometimes the problem is, too, is, like, you might run into people that, like, maybe aren't even, like, really into music that much. Yeah. That are just basically, well, like, a librarian yeah. or a cataloger.
2: Or it's kind of, like, sales. Right. <laughs> I always think it's sad that, um, you know, you don't get, you don't, like, get um suggestions. Or they don't, like, they're not continually pitching their old catalog. Right. You know, so if you're, like... A music supervisor and you're a fan and you know that they have this these these like songs but they don't really
0: they might not even know they, that i've they told exist.
2: i've told people like i probably for like five different songs i've been like you own this right and they're like we do
0: sure yeah exactly like, are you
2: sure and i'm like yes they're like i don't think so and then i'm like yeah you do and then i'll like get an email from like the songwriters guild of america from nashville or whatever i'll like have some guy in the old emi offices like go pull like a paperwork from like 1957 or whatever Mm -hmm. and then send them a copy and they're like oh thank you sure now we want twenty thousand dollars i'm like no you can't right (laughs) because i told you you have this song so i basically just gave you money yeah so i think we need to negotiate
0: (laughs) do you think that like from the band standpoint and this kind of goes back to the metallica thing that like if you someone comes to you and says hey we're doing a film or we're doing a commercial or we're doing a skate video or something. Yeah. And we only have, like, $500 to give, to use your song in it. And, you know, say you're fine with, like, whatever the product is or whatever the film is. It's not, like, offending your sensibilities mm-hmm. or your ideals or whatever. <clears throat> By licensing that m- music to them at that price, are you making it harder to sell that song or license that song later for more money? Or does it ever really matter?
2: I mean, I think that the opinion of the rights holders is that it does set, like, a new precedent if they agree to something lower. But, like, even personally when, like, I don't know, Gal Pals got offered some, like,
0: and Gal Pals is your cool. band yeah. now. Yeah. And it's you and uh, Taylor Swift, right? Yeah, me and Taylor Swift. Okay.
1: It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: went full country after the midnight hours.
0: <laughs> I just She's related. She's an
2: excellent songwriter. I
0: bet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I was just—I was more making the joke that you're only in bands with people that become really successful. Yeah,
2: I know. Okay, <laughs>
0: And I just wanted to, I wanted to clear to be, that up. It
2: used to be Taylor Swift.
0: It used to be Taylor But, you know. Now it's Jill.
2: Yeah, now it's just Jill. Just yeah. kidding, Jill. I love you. Um, Jillian Tally.
0: Yeah.
2: I met her at the same store that I got my um, internship on Tree of Life.
0: Oh, the vintage store. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I remember, we were, I, remember I ran into you guys at the practice space and you guys were drinking wine. Yeah, and we were, do that there a lot. We are drinking wine and deciding whether or not to play a show that night.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, definitely not. Not in the mood.
0: Yeah. We're just going to sit here and drink wine. (laughs)
2: We're writing.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Got to get loose. What were we talking about? Oh. Oh, yeah. So Gal Pals got. Oh, yeah.
2: Like some. I can't remember what it was, but it was like lower than what we've been paid before. Mm -hmm. We haven't gotten like a ton of like. Deals, but. um, So and this is what I. At, like as a music supervisor I'll ask for this and I'll also say this as a band like if it's lower than what you want just tell them it's an unprecedented deal so then they can't like and like a no quote unprecedented unprecedented deal because then they can't like it shouldn't get around that you you know that someone gave you the, the song for that cheap uh, and then they can't expect like if they come back because just right. just like for like a Vice TV show sure, or sure, something yeah. I was like okay well, we'll do it for that but if they want something, if they want something else later, it's not going to be that low, you know? Right. So you just kind of have to put that into the expectations of the people that are like clearing your songs or, you know, uh uh-huh. or who own them, I guess. So if so I think it's like, no, I think it's not, especially now there's so much stuff out there that I feel like if, yeah, if you're like not opposed to it morally or whatever, you might mm-hmm. as well just take them. Free money <laughs> right because it doesn't it didn't exist before exactly you're already made your you know it's like such as it's a totally different entity than what you're actually trying to do but it's cool that it happens when it happens sure you
0: know? and so. and then and then as far as bands go that is there any advice for like bands that like are trying to license their stuff or is it just like anything else in the music industry that if you're good and people like you then people will find you yeah
2: and- I mean you can you can work with, you know, those PR companies yeah. and like the pitching companies. I mean, I feel like
0: Do you we respond have one. to that stuff?
2: Yeah. The ones that I it's kind of like, you know, liking certain labels and like getting you know, listening to all their records. It's like the people I like uh Bank Robber and I like Bird and like I'll listen to their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I don't. You often find, like. I usually have my own ideas before, like I go to what they're sending me as pitches. But sure. when I, but when I need, to replace stuff, mm-hmm. that then, you know, that's what that's like. A, if they have you like on their roster or whatever, then like you get you can get sent something that you've never heard, and then like. Might end you can using write them it. and
0: say like, "Hey, I'm looking for something similar to yeah. this." Yeah. Yeah. And you send me... And
2: send me, like, 12 things. Right. And that are, like, clearable for what I need it to be, whatever, right. budget level. And then, like, I'll I'll find bands that way, you know? Sure. So, and that's, I think, like, if you want to get your stuff into movies or whatever else, like, I would just try to find someone that is, like, pitching songs. Right. Because they are really, really useful, you know? hmm And probably better than, like, trying to seek out music supervisors on your own. Yeah. Although I will take submissions. <laughs> so do you
0: have, like, a company, or is it just you, then?
2: Um, now? It's just me. Okay. But I need to get legit and have a company.
0: Do you work out of an office, or you just do it at home? I just work from home. Yeah. Yeah. And then? I'll
2: move from, like, my room with my desk to, like, the back porch, maybe the front porch.
0: <laughs> exactly. I'll,
2: like, take an exercise class whenever I want. Go
0: sit on the toilet and answer the yeah. phone.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Put, it's a put, great life. Put on speakerphone. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: the acoustics are great. Um, so, what what are you working on now then? And what? And so? And in Gal pals, what's going on with that?
2: Um, working on Voyage of Time. I just finished this movie called Loving. It's a Jeff Nichols movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on two movies from Austin. One's called Barracuda. It's like a revenge story. There's like a lot of like, Austin musicians in the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm working on this thing called Untitled and Blair Project, which just wrapped, and Eli- Elijah Wood is in it.
0: It's like, like a Blair Witch thing. No,
2: no, it's called the Untitled and Blair Project. It's oh. like a, he's um he's in Green Room, which I worked on. Elijah Wood is? No, no, Oh, Macon Blair. The, oh, 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 the writer, okay. director, yeah.
0: Oh, is that on Netflix? Green Room? No, 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 no. This, this other it one. It will be. Okay. It's not done yet. Does it have David Yao in it? I don't know. Oh, okay.
2: It's Elijah Wood and Melanie Lynskey, uh-huh. who is like an Australian actress that was in that show Togetherness, and she's really good and everything. Yeah. Um,
0: is it a horror film?
2: No, it's like a, it's like a revenge okay. love story. Gotcha. But it's cool. It's a good script. Okay. It's kind of hard to describe, but there's some good stuff in there.
0: Because um, we ran into a, David Yell on a the pentagram street song the other day. In that movie, Oh, awesome! I think. Yeah. A pentagram and, song.
2: Yeah. And I think also that this band. Amanaz that I really love. That's like a Zambian yeah, Amanaz uh, Zamb- yeah, Amanaz yeah. Omanaz, yeah.
0: I, I don't know how to say yeah. it either. Amanaz.
2: Um, so I um, say
0: it. Amanaz. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Amanaz. I uh, love those boys.
0: They uh, they're on that African band. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Um,
2: That's a good label. I had that again.
0: record when it got reissued, and it, like that band. Uh, There's a band called Witch.
2: Yeah. From same label. Yeah. That guy lives in Eagle Rock. His name's Then and he's really cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And he great. has, like, pickers in, you know, Africa that find records for him and stuff. Awesome.
0: Cool. I should have that guy on the yeah. show. Yeah, you should. Yeah, that's a yeah. good idea.
2: I'll put you in touch.
0: Please. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, because I, I remember when those things came out, I'm thinking they were really cool.
2: Yeah. He has so much great stuff, like Paul Ngozi and, like, that guy. It's good, too. But that movie will be cool. And then there's another one. What is the other one? Oh called friday's child it's an editor that worked for uh they're Tarifa. from sugarland right
1: yeah yeah okay. <laughs>
0: see i've been paying attention thanks uh what's it called friday's child oh, okay and, and that one
2: it's like a modern dostoevsky story right um I worked on this – his name is A.J. Edwards, and he did this movie called Better Angels. It was about Abraham Lincoln as a young man. Yeah. it's like black and white. It came out two years ago.
0: So that's great. You get to yeah. like fucking – Yeah. Be a part of all these like insane different mm-hmm. projects and, and, and then, you know, get to throw your – I mean, I – the music supervision I know is like – it's like a job that everybody I think wants to do.
1: It's
2: more painful than. But it's it looks. not as
0: it's not as it's not glamorous. Like, no. as it sounds I mean, at all.
2: Eventually, when I <laughs> the
0: little bit I've been yeah. involved in it, you know, it's yeah. just paperwork. You know that,
2: yeah. I like the negotiating though, it's, and the research.
0: Sure, I mean, but if the you paperwork, do like
2: it, yeah. Eventually, someday I want to. You know, there are music supervisors that like. God
0: damn it! I'm next to a drum set, so years. I keep the drum set. <laughs> right. um.
2: But they just find stuff. They're just creative. Sure. You know? Well, that's the goal. I mean, you have I, that's to that's the get goal. to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the goal
0: is to basically be able to be like, if you want me to music supervise yeah. your movie, I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick what I think Here's is. There's
2: 14 gems.
0: These are the songs yeah. that are going to propel the story and make this visually exciting based on my genius. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm hoping it happens.
2: I hope it happens. Yeah. I think it will. I think it will.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: I mean, people get used to my taste. Yeah. They'll just want me.
0: Yeah. You know? I think it'll happen. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Well, that's the end of the interview. All right. (laughs) Interview. 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 You guys got really slow. That's okay. Like, from Houston. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Did you? Thanks for being on the show. (laughs)
2: Thank you for having me. For sure.
0: All right. That was our interview with Lauren. I hope you learned something. I learned something today uh, about favored nations and uh, sort of backdooring your way into some music licensing stuff. I know we had an episode, I think it was, uh, look on the website. Go to jedbangersball.bandcamp.com. Oh, we're on Google Play now. I just remembered that. We're still not on iTunes. We've pitched ourselves to iTunes. They've yet to accept us. But we are on Google Play. So look up Ball on Google Play if you want to listen that way. It's a, it's a little bit, I don't want to say which way is favored. But anyways, there's Bandcamp. Is Google Play. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Lauren. She has a band, Gal Pals, as well. We, we talked about that. And then, uh, what the fuck was I talking about? I know we were saying something about... Anyways. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, we learned about music, music supervision. And we have another episode with Lacey Swain uh, from Sub Pop and Tiffany Anders, who are also in the whole music supervision... Uh, world, So this is sort of the bookend to that conversation that we had earlier. Um, because in that one, Lacey got really stoned and then we couldn't understand what the fuck she was talking about. <laughs> Thanks to Lauren for coming in. Thank you guys for listening. Jessica Hunley is our producer. Adam Wade is the engineer. Go to jetbangersball.bandcamp.com to listen or now on Google Play and hopefully on iTunes. But anyways, this has been Jet Bangers Ball. Appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time.